You're now listening to the Hot Take Podcast with Stephen Blake, your source for everything fantasy football. Here are your hosts, Stephen Taroni and Blake Sullivan. Welcome in to the Hot Take Podcast. My name is Stephen Taroni, the fantasy professor, and I'm going to be joined here in a minute by my co-host, Blake Sullivan, and we have a special guest today on the show, the late round QB himself, JJ Zachariason. So let's get into it. We are going to talk some QBs today. We've done our rankings for uh, wide receivers. We've done our rankings for running backs. Uh, Tune into those episodes. We've had Matt Harmon on. We've had Bob Lung on for running backs. Um, some pretty good guests, some pretty good information for our running back and wide receiver rankings. So today we are going to get into quarterbacks, but we really want to focus on the late round guys today. So we're going to talk seven through 15, and these are the guys that you can get, you know, kind of at a discount. I will say that last season, 2018, quarterback seven, which was Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers had a bad year down at number seven we have him ranked a little bit higher so we might not get to him today in detail quarterback seven was Aaron Rodgers last season QB 15 was Philip Rivers 15.5 fantasy points separated these two in 0.5 PPR scoring unreal so what does that tell you it means that quarterbacks are expendable. It means that we know that you can wait on the quarterback. I think that the general consensus is on board. And, you know, even in the Scott Fishbowl nine, which I'm participating in, that's a uh, super flex league, which means you start two quarterbacks. Uh, You have the option to start a quarterback. So that means you will. Uh, Even in that league where you would think quarterbacks are flying off the board, not as much as you might think. Um, some of these divisions, it is the case where, you know, you have a couple QBs going in the first two rounds, uh, but not this one. There, there's people that are really waiting. Uh, we're now in the fifth round, and there's still a lot of good options on the board. So before we get into the quarterbacks, I want to just thank full-time fantasy, hashtag FTF pod net, Jim Day, Scott Atkins, and the guys over there uh, making it happen for the the podcast network they have 16 pods right now including ours um so check out that website you can check out all the awesome uh content that they got going on over there um of course the hot take uh is going to be the hottest and uh you know the we really are doing a lot right now with the hot take and we actually have a patreon page that my guy blake set up so check that out um just type in google hot take Patreon. Um, there's all sorts of goodies on there. Blake set up a tier system, uh, which you know you can just join for as little as a dollar, um, and then you have all season long content. Um, don't forget about Draft Pros. Uh, we're going to be offering that service to you. It is live now on the FSGN.com. We're there, uh, myself and Blake, with Nate Hamilton and Jeff Lambert. We're offering personalized uh, draft service for you this year. So 
really, it's really cool. Uh, I know I've talked about before, but it's like live video chat is the best feature of this. Uh, we're going to be live video chatting during your draft uh, the whole way through. Uh, we're going to offer a, a chat room that's available for you uh, in season where we can just, you know, you have a question, start sick questions, and we can answer those. Um, there's different packages that you can check out on DFSGN.com. You can sign up today for Draft Pros. Uh, really cool, you know, you get somebody like myself or Blake that can just sit down with for an hour during your draft. You're on the clock at the 112, and you have a decision to make, and we're going to guide you through it. I think that's a really cool uh, opportunity that we're offering. So check that out at DFSGN.com. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. All right. As promised, my co-host Blake is here. What's going on, Blake? Not a whole lot, man. Ready to get in some QBs. It's been a while since we've done some rankings, so... Uh, it's going to be nice. We're kind of going to do it a little bit different this week. We're going to go back to front. So, you know, we're switching up our orders a little bit, and we'll keep you guys in suspense for our next episode that way too. Yeah, you know, with the quarterbacks, they're – I mean, we were just talking off air. It's really like, you know, who do you really want? I mean, they're all jumbled up, and it, it's kind of hard to rank them just because there's so many good quarterbacks. I mean – you know, there, there's guys that kind of like slip down, like Tom Brady, who's obviously, you know, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. It kind of feels weird to put him on the back burner. Uh, but that's why we have J.J. Zachariason on, the late-round QB himself. What is going on, J.J.? Not too much. Not too much. Thanks for having me on, guys. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I think you are the perfect guest for this episode. Uh, we really wanted to get somebody on who is, you know, more uh, – does a little bit more with the quarterbacks, and I, I think that's you. Uh, so before we get started, if you could just talk to the folks about what you do uh, with the Late Round QB podcast. Yeah, so uh, I have a podcast called the Late Round Podcast. Uh, so it's a 15 to 20 minute per episode type show. I kind of started it out to be sort of like a, a TED Talk each episode. Um, so it's, it's, you know, tightly edited and, and presented in that sort of way. Um, but I, I try to take these like micro topics, uh, fantasy football topics, and really dig into them. So it could be something very, very specific, like uh, why handcuffing running backs is stupid, or it could be um, something a little bit, little bit grander, where you're looking at uh, team level regression and stuff. So it's just taking these very specific topics and then just making podcasts out of them, and that's essentially what I've been doing now for for that show for the past couple of years. Fantastic, dude. Yeah, I saw uh, I saw you had your spot on the SFB Podathon. Uh, I think that was like on one of the last hours. Those guys were absolutely wiped. <laughs> oh yeah, I felt so bad, man. I felt so bad for them. <laughs> I know, right? Like, look at us getting our sleep like overnight, and they were literally. Yeah. Oh, I can't. I can't believe it. <laughs> like they were on all night. Yeah, exactly. Um, but it was cool because they got to like have people like from all over the world that like kind of work for their time zones. Right. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Um, so what, uh, let me just ask, like, what division are you in on the, uh, the SFB nine and where are you guys at in your draft right now? 
So I am in the Toad division, um, the the best Mario Kart character. Don't at me. Uh, but I uh, I'm I'm sitting in the 11th spot. So I went. I ended up going. We're in the. We, I just picked my eighth pick. Uh, okay. so, so we're in the eighth round. So we're a little bit ahead, I think, than the average. But um, I went wide receiver heavy for the most part. I went Devonte Adams and Julio to to start with my my first two picks, and then Lenny Fournette with my late third. And then I ended up picking Aaron Rodgers with my early fourth round, which was a, a little off-brand for me and not a typical pick for me. But the value is certainly there, especially with some, some folks getting Aaron Rodgers in the first. Um, and then the fifth, um, I ended up getting uh, uh, Chris Godwin, who I'm super high on this year. Nice. Then, then I got Hunter Henry and then Dante Pettis and then Derek Carr because I was kind of forced to get my second quarterback. So I'm feeling, feeling pretty decent with my, my wide receiver-heavy squad so far. Yeah, that's um, that's definitely a unique strategy. I mean, everyone's obviously going crazy for the QBs and tight ends. You know, in our league, it's weird. Not a lot of QBs were off the board until I picked Kyler Murray at the 502. And then there was just like this crazy run where like, you know, Wentz went off the board. Nice. Yeah. So I was kind of glad that I started that run as right. opposed to like, you know, being on the back end of that. Yeah, um, absolutely. But no, I mean, you know, Aaron Rodgers in the fourth round. I mean, that's actually kind of late for Aaron Rodgers in this type of league because he's going in the second or third round. Usually I would, I would imagine. Um, yeah. Yeah, for sure. So, but you know, we're going to talk about Aaron Rodgers a little bit. You know, he, he was actually the QB seven last year in 0.5 PPR scoring. And before we get in and we're about to jump in here to the rankings here, I just want to say that uh, seven through 15 last season. So this is uh, the QB seven, which was Aaron Rodgers, And then the QB 15, which was Phillip rivers. They were separated by only 15.5 fantasy points. That's ridiculous. Eight quarterbacks in that bunch separated by 15.5 fantasy points. So I think that everyone is kind of on board now, JJ, like where you've probably been on board for a while on this late round QB stuff. I think more people are more are doing it more than ever. Yeah, it seems like it. You know, Q, QB ADP has definitely dropped year over year. Um, we, we see it pretty consistently. I mean, back whenever I wrote the, the late round quarterback ebook, which is really what started me uh, down this path and doing analysis and stuff, uh, it was back in, uh, before the 2012 season. And that season, uh, we had five quarterbacks being drafted in the first two rounds. It's, it, it seems completely unheard of these days uh, with, with where quarterbacks go. But definitely the replaceability aspect of things as – uh, the quarterback position has seemingly gotten deeper and deeper. Um, that's definitely helped the cause as to why, you know, you can, you can wait on your quarterback. You don't really need to feel that urge to, to reach for one. Exactly. Yep. And, you know, like you said, it's deeper than ever. I mean, like, you know, there's guys on our list like Andy Dalton uh, that's not even on the list. Um, right. Eric Carr, people like that that could actually have decent seasons. Sam Darnold, who I'm big on. Um, these guys are going into like, you know, the 20 to 25 range, uh, as far as like, you know, where they might finish and, you know, they're decent quarterbacks for your team and solid streamers for you. Um, so Blake, you mentioned you wanted to start at the back and go to the front. Do you just want to start at like a QB 15 and go from there? Or do you want to start at 20? No, I think, uh, I think maybe 15 would be good. And then we could potentially mention, uh, afterwards, if we have time, we'll just, Throw in a couple of those guys that didn't quite make the cut and reasons why they're just outside but close. Awesome, man. So let's kick it off here at your uh, QB 15, and that's Jameis Winston. Um, so I have him a little bit higher. Um, I think I have him – I have him at QB 10, 
And then JJ, you have Jameis at QB 11. So yeah. Why are you a little bit off on, on Jameis uh, Blake? And it's not necessarily that like, he's not going to have a decent year or you think that he's just trash, but why are you like, why don't you have him closer to that QB one range? Right. So for me, I always draft uh, or I always put up these rankings as where I would have a guy based on how I can draft him and in his value. So I think he definitely has potential to at least be a top 10 quarterback. He could end up as a seven or eight even would be my, about my ceiling for Jameis Winston. Um, but then I start looking at the factors that are going to limit him. Uh, you look at granted, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's not there this year. That that's great. That gives me confidence in having him. I'm fine with drafting him, and I actually do like him later in the drafts. But the reason I have him lower is, one, I think that running game is going to be a lot better this year with uh, Ronald Jones and Peyton Barber both getting more development. I think they're going to get a lot more carries. Uh, in the long run, I think that's going to help them be successful, help Jameis Winston out too. He's not going to be forced to throw many as many passes, um, and hopefully that will bring his interception rate down, which is really high for me. That's one of the reasons I have him lower. Right. Uh, but if, you know, if they start running the ball a lot more, I'm a little bit worried about his ceiling. So at 15, that's where I'm really comfortable at having him. And I think a lot of these other guys are going to slide above him. I really like that take because, uh, you know, I think the general consensus on Winston, you know, and why most people have him a lot higher than they normally would is because of Bruce Arians. And I think that the, the image that we're getting in our head is it's going to be a downfield vertical offense which I think it is but I think what you're kind of suggesting here is it might be a little bit more balanced this year uh compared to last year where it was just kind of a shit show right yeah I, I think you know you brought up Chris Godwin Mike Evans you know I love both tight ends there OJ Howard and Cameron Brait. I think everybody's gonna have a really good year and the offense is gonna be high powered and you know I do think it's going to be a down downfield uh you know every drive is like full out you're sending guys deep but at the end of the day, I think that that running game is going to be successful enough that it's going to kind of rein them back a little bit uh, and it's just going to limit his potential, even though I think it's going to keep them on the field longer and they're going to have more of those, you know, pass on third down kind of situations. JJ, in redraft leagues, in your season-long leagues, uh, you have him at QB 11. Are you comfortable with drafting Winston as your QB 1? Yeah, definitely. I mean, anytime I'm, I'm drafting a quarterback in a single quarterback league, uh, I'm really just strictly looking for upside um, because we know that they can be replaced, they can be streamed, all of the above. Um, so with someone like Winston, you know, with, with any quarterback that you're drafting, you have to say to yourself, does this person have realistic top five upside? Because once you get into that QB two, three overall range, that's where you're really getting some sort of differentiator at the position. Um, so around that QB five upside, it's just easier to say top five, but um, I think Winston could realistically get there. I mean, last season, him and Fitzpatrick combined were essentially the QB two in fantasy football. Um, obviously it's a different, it's a, it's a different uh, coaching regime there and scheme, but um, you know, you mentioned it with Bruce Arians. It's really a, a match made in heaven with Jameis Winston, someone who pushes the ball downfield, uh, does it consistently matched with a, a, a court an offensive coordinator and offensive mind uh, and now head coach who, uh, is, is very good at designing vertical uh, schemes. Uh, so I, I think all of it combined with great weapons and OJ Howard and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin, um, I think we could see a season from Jameis Winston where he's, you know, he's probably going to be better in fantasy than he is going to be in real life just because of the way that, that he plays and the, the, uh, the mistakes that he sometimes makes. But 
um, in the end, you know, we don't care as much about interceptions when it comes to fantasy football. Exactly. And, you know, uh, somebody like Jameis is, he's a gunslinger, so he's going to make mistakes, but then that just means he gets back on the field and you have another chance at points. Uh, and that's kind of, that's kind of how I've always looked at Jameis. Um, you know, I, I kind of see him being a little bit more grounded this year with uh, Bruce Arians uh, in town. I think that he won't be as erratic. I mean, he's still going to be Jameis Winston. I don't think his game is going to change just like that. But I think that he can be a little bit more grounded in his decision-making. And I, like, to your point, JJ, the downfield passes is, is where he makes his bread and butter. I mean, like, instead of doing, like, the, the over-the-middle stuff, throwing in tight windows, I mean, that's not him. So – the more deep passes that he throws, I think can actually limit his mistakes. Um, so, you know, you brought up a good point, JJ, with like upside, right? Because based on what you just said, in a single quarterback league, there's no reason why you didn't draft Patrick Mahomes last year, right? I mean, we, I think everybody can kind of see, like he's walking into a great situation. He has all these weapons. It's an Andy Reid offense. Uh, why not pull the trigger on Patrick Mahomes in the 10th round and if he doesn't work out, okay, great. You just stream the quarterback. Um, so that's kind of what Patrick Mahomes taught us. I mean, you're not going to have a Patrick Mahomes season. You're not going to have an MVP-type season all the time from these guys. But why not take the shot on Kyler Murray this year? Why not take the shot on maybe a Jameis Winston, you know? So it's kind of, you know, something that these quarterbacks are uh, teaching us. I remember in a uh, – I was in an industry mock draft, one of my first ones ever last year. And uh, I took Patrick Mahomes in the ninth round. And Jake Seeley lost his shit. <laughs> he was like, what do you, he was like, how could you do that? Like, I mean, this is just too high up for him. And I was like, I mean, really, why not? You know, it's one quarterback league where this isn't a super flex. So I don't know. I, I feel as if I'm on the same page as you, JJ. Like, go for that upside. If you think that Dak Prescott has top five upside, get him. You know, right. it, it's just get that guy because all these – these quarterbacks are going to be jumbled up at the end of the season around the same score. Yeah. I, I remember when uh, it, maybe it was entering last season, but uh, there was a stat flying around that, that Phillip rivers had like six or seven straight seasons where he was a top 12 quarterback or something like be, maybe top 14 or something like that. But every single year, Phillip rivers was between like QB eight and QB 14 consistently. But I don't, I don't care about that kind of production like that. That kind of production, I have a, a podcast called Living the Stream where we stream uh, quarterback, tight end, and defensive picks each week, and we've been tracking our quarterback picks um, through the, over the last five years. So this is half a decade worth of data, um, and we have streamed successfully QB6s in a season and QB7s in a season. Phillip Rivers, that type of production, unless he has an outlier season, it's, just, it's completely replaceable. So that, that's really why you know, you got to flip that switch and really just strictly, strictly shoot for that upside. Yeah, it's wild. I mean, because there's two types of fantasy players. There's the one that sees that stat of Philip Rivers and says, oh, okay, that, that's the guy I'm getting because I know what I'm getting. And then there's the guy who says, looks at that stat and says, I don't even want any part of that. Mm -hmm. So that, that's just kind of the, the give and take. I mean, we say it on this show all the time. I mean, scared money don't make money. And you've got to just go for the, the players that you think have upside in, in this game because it's all about scoring fantasy points. Um, so, J.J., let's go down to 14 here for on your rankings, J.J. You have Jared Goff. Talk to me about this because that's definitely lower than the consensus. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I don't even really mind Goff uh, at all this season. It's really just the fact that there's so many guys that, that are there. I mean, I, I actually see a path for Goff to, to um, have a top five type season, especially if they 
change the way they, they call plays closer to the goal line uh, if this Todd Gurley situation isn't as favorable as, and doesn't look to be. So I could see a scenario where, you know, realistically, when we look at these sort of outlier seasons with quarterback, it has to do with touchdown rate. And we have somewhat of an outlier season in the touchdown rate statistics. So touchdowns divided by attempts. Um, and, and really, I, I could see a scenario with Jared Goff where, um, you know, his, his touchdown rate this season, uh, he, he could certainly be a, a candidate uh, for, uh, as someone who could have that, that crazy, crazy high touchdown rate where it would then regress the next season. I can absolutely see that. So I don't mind Jared Goff at all. It's really just um, he doesn't have the, the rushing upside that some of the guys in front of him do. Um, right. and that's, that's the main reason I, I placed him where I placed him. Yeah, I think that's the kind of the common thing I'm noticing with your rankings is the rushing quarterback you're kind of favoring, and, and I'm yeah. all for that. Um, last season, Jared Goff, QB6 overall in half-point PPR, um, 32 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. You know, he had 4,600 yards. So really great season for Jared Goff. Um, I think, you know, he really came into his own. He's got the weapons. Um, obviously, having a healthy Todd Gurley helped. And if we're thinking that he might not, be healthy, then that has to be factored into his, his, how you view Jared Goff, because, you know, we were talking about last week, Blake, I mean, these, these pass catching running backs, they really help the quarterback. I mean, we have to like, really look at like, okay, who is this quarterback's running back? And is, is he a good pass catcher? Cause that really uh, kind of paints the picture for his floor as a quarterback. So, um, you know, if Gurley isn't healthy, that's, that could factor into Jared Goff uh, kind of slipping down a little bit. Um, so let's move on. Yeah. yeah. You want to talk about Jared Goff real quickly? Yeah. I was just going to say Gurley, you know, 1300 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns over the last two years. That's a pretty good portion of Jared Goff's production. Obviously he's going to have all of his receivers healthy this year. Hopefully uh, I think Brandon Cooks is going to have a good year, but you know, you gotta, you gotta tamper your expectations with him a little bit since he's not a total running quarterback. So I definitely see where JJ is coming from. I have him at uh, the nine, and you have him at the seven. So you're a little bit higher than me, and I'm somewhere in the middle there. But uh, I don't know. You know, I think Todd Gurley, uh, if he's hurt, is going to be an issue for Jared Goff. But I think his ceiling is there is why I'm drafting him with the nine there. I think he has a lot higher ceiling than some of these other guys uh, that I have below, like Cam Newton and Russell Wilson. Right. Yeah, so uh, let's talk a little bit about Russell Wilson. He is my QB 12, um, and I, I, it's tough to get excited about Russ, but, I mean, he was a QB 8 last year. Um, he had, you know, he's had some really great finishes, top three finishes, uh, you know, for a while there. He was a perennial top five guy. Um, now, you know, obviously we saw the Seahawks back to the run. They really wanted to enforce the run game. I think that's kind of what we're seeing here with Russell Wilson. The, the, the appeal isn't there. But, man, did he have an efficient season last year uh, with the 35 touchdowns, only seven interceptions. Uh, we're not seeing Russ run as much as he used to, uh, obviously, after the ankle injury. Um, so I think that limits his upside for sure. Um, and then he had zero rushing touchdowns last year, which, you know, we can't really predict that. But he probably will get a couple this year as opposed to absolutely zero. Um, so what are your thoughts, Blake, on Russell Wilson? I mean, is this somebody that you want to take or would you just rather wait on somebody like a Kyler Murray or, or Dak Prescott? Yeah, for me, I'm thinking, you know, he's got seven years straight of not missing a game. That's great. He's a reliable quarterback. I think you've seen his ceiling, you know, 34, 35 touchdowns. 
I don't see him going up to a 40 touchdown season. Uh, 3,400 passing yards last year wasn't great. I think they could have a little bit of room for improvement there, but the poor guy got sacked 51 times last season. And that really starts to concern me. You've seen that number start to climb every year. He had 355 yards lost to sacks last year. If that tells you anything about how vicious the defenses have been against him. Uh, so obviously, you know, losing Baldwin hurts a little bit, but they get in some guys like DK Metcalf. So I think he's still going to have guys there around him that are going to help him be successful. But at the end of the day, like you said, I think Chris Carson and Rashad Penny could get the majority of the workload there. And, you know, it's going to really limit Russell Wilson's potential. And to your question, I think I would much rather draft somebody like Kyler Murray, who, you know, you're taking a shot on him, but I think he's going to be in more of a go offense. They're going to be passing the ball downfield. They're going to be passing to their running backs and, uh, hopefully his ceiling will be much higher. JJ, you feeling kind of the same way about Russell Wilson? Yeah, I actually, I, I don't like Russell Wilson at all this year. Um, and the main reason, uh, if you look at what he did last, so everyone, everyone screams regression when it comes to Patrick Mahomes, given what he did last season. And for, for good reason, uh, Patrick Mahomes had an 8.6% touchdown rate. Um, but Russell Wilson had an 8.2% uh, touchdown rate last year, which is very, very close to Patrick Mahomes. Uh, rate so there's some regression that will absolutely come in that column even though he is a better than average quarterback and typically we see higher touchdown rates from those kind of quarterbacks um, and, and the Seahawks are going to be run heavy uh, they were run heavy last year the most run heavy team in the league last year um, there should see, be some positive regression there they should see a little bit more it's just very hard to sustain that level of, of running the football I think the defense will probably not be necessarily as good as they were last season. So they're, they'll naturally uh, throw the ball a little bit more. Um, but even still, when you factor in the, the touchdown regression that, that Russell Wilson's about to hit. And the other point, too, you know, he, he's, he's lacking the rushing numbers. And a lot of that has to do with the, the lack of passing attempts. Because when you're not dropping back the pass, you're not scrambling as much. So his designed runs last season were actually right on point with what he did the previous, the previous two seasons. The difference last year is that he didn't have as many scrambles. And when you don't have those scrambles, you're not getting those fantasy points on the ground. And that's partially why, you know, he wasn't able to find the end zone on the ground. We should expect one or two scores, like you said, um, as a rusher. Um, but, long, you know, the days of Russell Wilson being uh, a higher volume passer slash runner, at least under Brian Schottenheimer, those are gone. Those days are gone. And I, I just – I can't buy into Russell Wilson at his ADP as a result. Yeah, it's really tough. You know, I think the name of Russell Wilson is still there uh, for a lot of people that are drafting. So, you know, he's going to go off the board a little bit earlier. Um, so I'm okay with that. You know, that's kind of like a, a sitting duck that I'm good with. Um, you know, you, you see kind of these players that, you know, you're not, you might like them, but you don't have to like their ADP. And that's when that's kind of the case with Russell Wilson right now. Like, you know, if he was just a, a little bit cheaper and maybe there was guys going ahead of him, I might be inclined to take him. But look, the weapons, I mean, look, Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf and David Moore, I, I like those guys, um, but I just don't necessarily see this uh, as a high-octane passing offense. Obviously, they were uh, top in the league last year in running the football, so um, in, in terms of rushing attempts. Um, so let's go down to your number 11, Blake, and that's Cam Newton. So obviously, Cam kind of fizzled out last year because of the shoulder um, it was definitely problematic for fantasy owners. Uh, my buddy, uh, what he only needed, like, I think it was less than a point from Cam against that, uh, the Saints 
in like in week 15. He just couldn't do it, man. I mean, it was really tough for him to get the ball down the field. We really saw Cam struggle throwing the football. Um, so you have him at QB 11. So um, I think, uh, JJ, you're the highest, right? You got him at uh, QB 6, right? So you're expecting a big season from Cam Noon. Blake, start us off with Cam. Talk to me about why uh, – are you looking to draft him? Are you targeting him in redraft leagues right now? Uh, I don't think I would target him just because I think the guys surrounding him that you could get, like a Kyler Murray, Jerry Goff, maybe even Drew Brees, who's been falling kind of low. Matt Ryan's not too far away in those uh, those areas of the draft. I think I'd rather take a chance with them. I know they're healthy. Uh, I like their ceilings. Cam Newton does have a pretty high ceiling, but I do worry about that shoulder coming back this year a little bit. Uh, and then the touchdowns is another thing. So obviously he's going to get his rushing touchdowns, but we've only seen one year above 24 passing touchdowns. So that's something that does concern me. Uh, you know, is Greg Olson going to stay healthy? If he does, you know, that adds a nice extra piece into that offense. But I really highly doubt that he stays healthy all year. You got guys like DJ Moore and Curtis Samuel. Uh, I really like Samuel this year. And, of course, you got Christian McCaffrey, who's going to get the rock a lot. You know, last year he had 107 receptions for 867 yards. So that's great. But, you know, he saw the run, run game pick up too. 117 rushes in his rookie season. The last year he had 219 carries. So that's one thing I'm looking at is, you know, they're willing to run the ball with Christian McCaffrey, and he was successful doing it. So uh, I expect to see more of that this year. JJ, 488 rushing yards last year, four touchdowns for Cam Newton. Do you see that going up this season? Um, I don't know. I mean, it, it could certainly. And if it does, then, then he's easily going to pay off his price tag. Um, I, I'm really just buying into him uh, mostly because he has a, a great supporting cast right now. I mean, you mentioned Curtis Samuel, who's getting a lot of hype out of camp. Uh, I wasn't the biggest fan of him coming out of school, but he's definitely proved to be more than the hybrid that he was in, at Ohio State. I'm obsessed with DJ Moore. I think he's one of the best prospects that we've seen in a really long time at wide receiver. Um, you know, and even, even if Greg Olson's banged up, Ian Thomas proved that he's not that bad of a tight end and pass catching tight end as well. Um, and then Christian McCaffrey out of the backfield, of course. Um, so I, I, I think that offense in general has a lot of interesting pieces and a lot of potential firepower. Um, and, and, and it really started to click a bit with, with Norv last year as offensive coordinator. Um, it was just that, that it, 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 it crashed quickly because of Cam's shoulder. So again, the risk is certainly there with Cam's shoulder. Like he might not might not look the same, might not be the same. Um, but again, I'm, I'm looking strictly at upside here. And, and Cam Newton is one of the players that you can definitely bank on as someone who has, you know, that top two or three upside at, at the quarterback position. Yeah, if, if the new throwing motion becomes problematic at any point uh, in games and maybe he's feeling a little bit sore, um, maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe he'll resort to running the ball a little bit more, which actually could be good. Uh, you get more points when, when quarterbacks run the ball than if you do passing. So uh, in terms of fantasy, that might not be a terrible thing. And then, Blake, you mentioned it. I mean, he has the best uh, pass-catching running back in Christian McCaffrey, um, if not top three, you know, uh, passing uh, running back or, or pass-catching running back. So I love that for his floor, obviously. And then, you know, we know that Cam Newton is a top five kind of guy as far as his upside is concerned. So, you know, getting somebody like Cam Newton, who I think people are really off on Cam Newton. You really don't see him slip too far in drafts. This year you do. This year there's a lot of people going ahead of Cam Newton 
and sometimes he might be like the 14th quarterback off the board. At that point, you're really getting good value for Cam Newton, and there's really no risk involved if you get him, and it doesn't work out at that QB 14 range. So I think that it's good to touch on Cam Newton because, you know, a lot of people are really, like, overlooking him. I'm not sure what that is. I guess it's probably the shoulder, um, but – uh, you know, it, all reports are saying that he's healthy and that he's changed the throwing motion to compensate for the injured shoulder. Um, so all signs are pointing to a healthy, uh, solid year for Cam Newton. So I think if you see him slip in drafts, you should jump all over that, especially like in the 11th, 12th round. Uh, I would buy that all day on Cam Newton. All right, we're going to get into our QB 10. But before we do, uh, pretty big announcement, guys. We are going to be, myself and Blake Sullivan, we're going to be in Las Vegas uh, September 6th for that weekend for the Fantasy Football World Championship. So it's the highest stake guys you can think of that play fantasy football are going to all be here um, at this uh, fantasy football convention. And myself and Blake, we're going to have a booth set up. We're going to be recording live in Vegas. Uh, Blake, how you feeling? Are we, going to be, uh, are we going to be doing some gambling? What are we going to be doing, man? Man, it's going to be so fun. We're going to go to the sports book. Uh... You know, we're going to be recording live, and the cool thing is it's going to be in, in football season, you know. It's not going to be in the middle of summer like we are right now. Everything's going to be a lot more interesting then. Uh, we're going to be talking about some crazy stuff, so we'll have plenty of content coming out from that weekend, I'm sure. Oh, most definitely, yeah. We're going to have some cool stuff going on. We're going to have some merch. We're going to have a raffle. Uh, could be some cool opportunity to win some signed jerseys. Uh, I know you were talking about one earlier that uh, we'll, we'll keep on the download for now. <laughs> Yeah, we got to make it a surprise, but it's it's worthwhile flying out to Vegas for. Oh, most definitely. Oh, well, yeah. I mean, Vegas alone. I mean, we're going to be at the Palms, uh, so it's not going to be, you know, we're not going to be at the, the Cesar Chavez, you know. <laughs> it's <laughs> it's going to be legit. Uh, so uh, let's get into our QB10 world. Your QB10, Blake, that's Kyler Murray. We've been talking about him, and I know this is your boy. So just talk to me a little bit about Kyler Murray and why you're excited about him this season. Yeah, so I love Kyler Murray. I think he's got a top five upside. Um, and he's one of those guys I think I would take a shot on maybe earlier. I would reach for him in a draft if he's coming up on the draft board. Uh, I have seen some people reach before you can even see him in the draft board. That's kind of one of my rules within the first ten rounds is I don't want to reach for anybody that's not on the draft board. Um, but I have seen it happening with Kyler Murray. He's kind of one of those polarizing players. Uh, much like Baker Mayfield was. But the thing I really like about Kyler Murray is he's going to get you those running yards that everybody wants. So that's what's really going to give him that top five upside. Uh, but having a running back like David Johnson, you know he's going to have Andy Isabella, Hakeem Butler, Larry Fitzgerald can catch anything. You know, it's just kind of like this fail, uh, this fail-proof offense that Kyler Murray gets to come into. And you look at his numbers compared to Baker Mayfield's in college, they're very similar. Uh, but when you're looking at the tools that are on each team's set offense, Kyler Murray has a better offense coming in than Baker Mayfield did last year. So I like his potential more so even than I did Baker's last year. And I was very high on Baker Mayfield last year. So, you know, I have him at the 10, which is lower than you guys both. But um, that's where I'm really comfortable drafting him at but I would easily draft him as the sixth or seventh quarterback in a draft and feel comfortable with it, especially if it's a one QB league. If you're in a super flex or something else, you know, that might change it. 
Yeah, you're not going to have to draft him at the QB 10 even. So I, he'll be, you know, down there uh, probably QB 12, QB 13, especially in, you know, your, your, your run-of-the-mill leagues where not a lot of people know who Kyler Murray is. But you bring up a good comparison. I mean, Baker Mayfield is the comparison um, as far as throwing the ball and then size, right? And then, of course, they have, like, the, virtually the same college history um, with Texas A&M and Oklahoma. Um, so it, the, the comparables there as far as throwing the ball downfield, um, kind of being able to move uh, while – or being able to throw while on the move, um, definitely there. But, of course, Kyler Murray has the, the elite speed that made him a 1,000-yard rusher in his uh, junior year at Oklahoma uh, with 12 touchdowns rushing as well. Uh, JJ, you're the highest of us three. I think you have my QB7. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah, I do have my QB7. I, I'm, I'm super, super bullish on Kyler Murray. Uh, you associate him also with the, the Cliff Kingsbury offense, which is going to be one that's not only going to probably throw a lot, but they're just going to run a lot of plays in general. So that's not only going to help him through the air, uh, but he should, you know, there obviously is, there are a lot of mouths to feed slash David Johnson's going to get his. Um, but at the same time, uh, with more plays, there's still going to be more opportunity for Kyler Murray to do work on the ground as well. So all of that and everything that you guys said about about his his college production and that comping to, to Baker Mayfield and actually being better, um, he's, he's a very, very good prospect that, you know, a couple inches are, isn't going to get me off of Kyler Murray. He is, uh, he, he could be a, a complete stud. Yeah, I mean, look what they said about Russell Wilson, right? I mean, it's a, it's a similar he, – he's very similar to Russell Wilson in that way of coming out. Um, you know, they even both have the baseball background. Um, and and you got to love that from your quarterback, the multi-athlete quarterback. That's what the age that we're in, you know. And honestly, you know, you go back to like John Elway, uh, also a, a two-sport two athlete. Um, so really that's very common in the quarterback position. Uh, you know, that's a great point, Blake, that I didn't think of is that this Arizona Cardinals offense, when you look at the weapons, might even be better than what Baker had coming in um, with Jarvis Landry as his one. Now you have, you know, a future Hall of Famer and Larry Fitzgerald who everyone is forgetting about. I mean, you can get Larry Fitzgerald for free in your drafts, essentially. Um, and I think he's going to have a good year. I think that Kyler Murray, you know, he's going to have his, his buddy Andy Isabella on one side. He's going to have Christian Kirk on the other who's going to be – you know, a, a deep ball maven. And then you have a future Hall of Famer in your rookie season who basically is going to be playing the slot. He's going to act as their tight end because I, I don't really see them using the tight end in, in great volume. He's going to find Larry Fitzgerald a lot this season. I think that's going to be a nice safety blanket along with, like you guys mentioned, David Johnson. So, you know, you could do a lot worse than Kyler Murray if you're thinking, oh, no, I'm, I'm not going to pass on the rookie. You know, I, I want to get some more stability there. You might miss out on, you know, a, a top six, top five talent. Um, so, yeah, I, I, wheels up for Kyler Murray. I mean, look, there's a chance. I think we had John Laub on, you know, he, he kind of worried it right. It's like there's a chance that this this Cardinals uh, offense isn't going to be as advertised. What if? You know, because nothing's guaranteed. I mean, this is all brand new. Um, but, you know, J.J., you hit on it. They're going to be running a lot of plays. And their defense isn't as good as it used to be. Um, so the, the volume and the opportunity that you're going to have for fantasy points, I think is going to be there. Um, anything more on Kyler before we move on? That is a no. All right. <laughs> um, so let's talk about – let's going down into our – getting close to QB7. 
So JJ, well, let's talk about Matt Ryan because I'm down on Matt Ryan actually. And Blake, I think you're the highest of us. Um, and really, you know, there's no reason to be down on Matt Ryan. I think he was a QB three uh, in 2018. Yeah, QB three QB overall, 35 uh, touchdowns, only seven interceptions, almost 5,000 yards. So a really great season for Matt Ryan. I think what we saw is obviously Devontae Freeman wasn't there. They weren't uh, the, the desire to run the ball wasn't necessarily there because Tevin Coleman didn't, you know, impress necessarily on the ground. Um, so they had to throw the ball a lot, especially with their defense completely decimated. So I really believe that the regression is obvious, um, and I think we're going to see it uh, more balanced sort of offense for the Falcons, um, especially with Devontae Freeman back. Um, JJ, he's your QB eight. Uh, is you know there's going to be a lot of QBs obviously around Matt Ryan, but is he somebody that you you really want this year in uh, in fantasy? I wouldn't say he's anyone that I'm targeting. I think he's just kind of a safe bet. Um, you know, he's last season, you know, you mentioned it. They, they threw the ball a lot. A lot of that had to do with the defensive injuries and just the way the game script went. Um, but I think that if you were to look optimistically about Ryan and, and really see that path to upside, um, it's the fact that he's got arguably the best weapons that he's had since the, the Julio, Roddy, you know, Tony Gonzalez days uh, where he wasn't as polished as a passer as he is now, honestly. Um, so he's got great weapons. The offensive line is just filled with first round picks. There's just the offensive line could, could has the potential because you don't know how they're going to mesh, but has the potential to be legitimately elite this year. Um, so that combination really makes me feel excited about, about Matt Ryan. Um, and then obviously there's the, the offensive coordinator change, change to Dirk Cutter. He played well with Dirk Cutter historically. Um, so I, I think there's a lot going for, for Matt Ryan. I think that if there's a, a, a negative side to it, it's that I do think the Falcons are going to be a lot better this year than they were last year. I think the Falcons are sort of a dark horse team that, that wasn't great record-wise last year that could surprise people and maybe contend for a playoff spot. Um, so if that's the case, there's not going to be as much passing volume, so you're going to need that efficiency. But he does have some room for improvement from an efficiency standpoint. He didn't quite hit the 6% touchdown rate mark, so there's some room for growth there. He could probably hit that this season, or he can get close. Um, and so I, I think just from that alone, um, there, there's still uh, you know some upside there for Matt Ryan, even if he sees less volume through the air. So overall, I think the situation's great. You know, he's not he's not sexy by any means, uh, maybe physically to some, but he's <laughs> definitely you know from a fantasy perspective, it's just you know it's Matt Ryan. But uh, I, I think he's in a, a pretty good spot this year. He had an awesome tweet today. He was like, he had his two sons and he was sending them out to, to run routes and they completely like just went the opposite way he told them to go. And his hashtag was ice cubes for like talking about his sons. I love that. Yeah, that was hilarious. yeah that's good. Um, so Blake, you're the highest on Matt Ryan. You have the QB uh, five. I had I have him down at QB 14. I think the, He's not physically attractive to me. I'll say that. Like, he's not sexy to me. That's why he's down there at QB 14 for me. Like, when I think of Matt Ryan, I just think of kind of like, you know, he's just, he's just there. Um, and I will say that he'll have great seasons, and then he usually follows that great season up with, like, a mediocre one. And that's been, like, every season for, like, the past six years. He'll have, like, a good year, and then he'll end up, like, QB 15. So talk to me about Matt Ryan, Blake. I, I know you love the weapons there. Yeah, so the thing for me with Matt Ryan is he gets Devontae Freeman back, and you would think that'd be a bad thing. They're going to run the ball a lot. 
But in both of those seasons that Devontae Freeman had over 1,000 yards rushing and 11 touchdowns, he got the ball 265 times and 227 times. Both of those seasons, that was four years ago and three years ago, Matt Ryan was actually really good. So he had almost 4,600 and almost 5,000 yards. And then he had 21 touchdowns, which was pretty low. But he had the 38 touchdown season, even with Devontae Freeman Freeman having that 1,000-yard rushing season and 11 touchdowns. He still was able to get 38 touchdowns. Now, obviously, that's kind of an outlier season. Uh, I don't think he's going to be around there. But then you look at last year without Freeman, he was pretty productive. He had 35 touchdowns. Obviously, the, I think the addition of Calvin Ridley was huge. Um, so I think this year you get Freeman back, you're going to be able to run on first and second downs a little bit more successfully. I think it's going to open up things on third down. Uh, and you look at his touchdown numbers being high. Julio Jones historically does not catch a lot of touchdowns. So the nice thing is now instead of trying to force the ball to Julio when you're in the red zone or on third downs like they've done before and he'll drop it in the end zone, you're able to look at Calvin Ridley and Muhammad Sanu uh, and really move the ball around more. And it takes the pressure off Julio. And we saw that last year, how he was able to catch more of those passes when it mattered. It's going to be a kind of a give and take with Devontae Freeman coming back. Obviously there's going to be a more um, inclination to run the ball with your RB one back on the field, but Devontae Freeman is a great pass catcher too. Um, you know, a lot of people like think of, that that duo of Tevin Coleman and Devontae Freeman, that Tevin Coleman was the better pass catcher. I would argue that Freeman is the better pass catcher. So as long as he's healthy, that would give Matt Ryan a safe floor for sure. Um, He's got awesome weapons. And I think you're on to something, JJ, that the Falcons are are in for a a good season. Um, They actually have a pretty good defense when they're healthy. So I think that's going to throw some people off. Um, That's kind of like a dark horse defense of mine that I know I can get at like the end of a draft if there's a defense in my league. Um, and they're definitely going to be uh, uh, an option for streaming. So, yeah, I mean, I, I like Matt Ryan. I think that he'll, he'll have a decent season, but I'm, just, I'm probably not going to draft him just because I think that there's better upside with some of these other guys. Um, one of those guys, and this is going to be the last guy we talk about, is uh, Carson Wentz. So I actually have Carson Wentz as my QB5, and I was surprised uh, when, you know, I, I was doing my rankings here. You know, I got, had Aaron Rodgers at three, Luck at four, and, you know, I was thinking about Baker – and, you know, I, I just – I have Carson Wentz at five mainly because of the weapons that he has. Um, I think that uh, around the middle of the season, Miles Sanders is going to come around. And I think if they use Miles Sanders a little bit in the passing game, and that, that really helped Carson Wentz. You know, I think Darren Sproles is still there. Um, I'm not sure how much they're going to use him. I'm not really factoring him in. But what you have is you have Deshaun Jackson, who actually is a difference maker. Uh, he really does help quarterbacks uh in their fantasy finishes um you know when ryan fitzpatrick was using him last year i mean it was just guns a blazing for ryan fitzpatrick this guy was finishing as a top five qb in some weeks um and that was really a lot uh you know can be said for deshaun jackson so he's got deshaun Deshaun jackson now he's got alshon jeffrey who again people are forgetting about and then of course zach Ertz, who can put up a thousand yards at the tight end position so you combine all of that and then of course nelson aguilar you're going to have a lot of yards to go around here. Um, and, you know, we saw Carson Wentz, Wentz finish as the QB6 uh, in 2017. Um, so it's not out of the realm of possibility. I'm liking Carson Wentz. I think you're going to have to pay a little bit for him. 
Um, and then, you know, where you draft him, he's going to have to hit that ceiling almost. Uh, but, you know, I, I think that you could do a lot worse uh, than Carson Wentz this year in, uh, in 2019. Yeah, for me, I'm having Carson Wentz a little bit lower. He's at my eight. Uh, he's above JJ. JJ's got him at 10. Um, the thing for me is his yards are going to be about 1,000 less well, I shouldn't say a thousand less because obviously the last two seasons he did miss time. So let's just say 500 yards less throwing. Uh, and he's not a great running quarterback or he could be, but they don't necessarily use him like that, especially not since the injury. Right. So the thing is that really limits his ceiling there. And the one thing that really concerns me is Jordan Howard coming in here. Obviously he proved that he can be a receiving back, but He's a thousand yard rusher on the ground every time, every season. Uh, if he cements into that role and is successful, I'm really a little bit concerned about how many attempts is Carson Wentz going to get uh, and how efficient is he going to be with those. Obviously, we saw 33 touchdowns in 2017, which was a great season, uh, but 16 to 14 touchdown interception ratio in his rookie year. Uh, I think that's something that you have to be aware of that could become a reality even though I think he has made great improvements. JJ, you want to talk a little bit about Wentz? Yeah. Uh, so I, I really see after Aaron Rodgers at four or whoever you have at four, I think there's just like a big four, a quarterback where you can go, you know, Mahomes, uh, Luck, Watson, Rodgers, really any, any order you want. But um, after that, once you hit five, I feel like five through 10, at least in, in the way that I was viewing things, five through 10 to me is pretty similar. So that's the, the tier where I have uh, Baker, Cam, Kyler, Matt Ryan, Drew Brees, Carson Wentz. I actually should probably put Drew Brees below Wentz, but um, so I, I think that that the replaceability from from the perspective of looking at a guy like Baker to Wentz, there's not a big difference. You can just go with the guy who has the cheapest ADP. Um, right. But but Wentz, you know the, the 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 plus side for Wentz is that I think that he's again one of those players that's capable of having sort of that outlier season from a touchdown perspective. Um, because of the weapons that, that he has there. And we know the scheme is good. Um, but then, you know, I, I would say the downside, uh, last year, Philly threw the ball a lot. Uh, and that's part of the reason why Zach Ertz saw as many targets as he saw. He did have a, a career high in target share last year, Zach Ertz. But um, that was on top of the fact that Philadelphia was throwing the ball a lot. Um, and so if Philadelphia is going to be better this year, which I think everyone would, would project them to be a little bit better than they were last year, because remember, they – they had some struggles. They limped into the playoffs. Um, but if they're going to be better this year, because they're probably the best team on paper, you know, from top to bottom, or at least one of them, um, that's just going to limit the, the the passing volume for Carson Wentz. That's the downside with Wentz is that he he'll need some of that volume. Um, and so, you know, I I think that there's some hesitation there. But he's definitely one of those guys who can be a difference maker at quarterback and who can end up actually being uh, someone that gives you an edge. Yeah, I think we're going to see uh, Carson Wentz's first 4,000-yard season um, in, a, in a full 16-game slate. And obviously, you know, he still has yet to, to put that together uh, for a starting quarterback uh, for, the, for the Philadelphia Eagles. But, you know, like you said, J.J., I mean, they have weapons. The scheme is good. Um, really, like, the ceiling is there. It, you know, you can see a high ceiling for Carson Wentz. I think this is the type of quarterback that we're talking about that you want to take a shot on. Um, yeah. You know, he's – not gonna you're not gonna have to pay a big premium for him um I, I don't have his adp in front of me but i would imagine somewhere like eighth round um something like that 
Um, yeah, maybe that's a little bit earlier than you might want to draft a quarterback. But then again, his ceiling could be top five. And then, you know, you obviously got return value on there on that draft pick. So Carson Wentz is one of those guys. I think, you know, you can talk about Wentz, Cam Newton, Baker, like you said, like all of these guys have a chance. Um, and that's what you're looking for with these quarterbacks is like the one guy who's going to separate himself from the pack. Because like I said, that seven through 15 last season, is only separated by about 15 fantasy points in total. Um, so you want that guy who's just going to separate himself just a little bit. That's going to give you that, that, uh, that edge against the competition. JJ, thanks so much for coming on, man. It's been a pleasure having you. Um, big fan of your work, and it's just an honor to have you on the show, man. Um, if you would just tell the folks uh, what you have coming up for them uh, in the offseason and then going through into the 2019 season. Yeah, man. I uh, appreciate you guys having me. It uh, means a lot. I uh, have the Late Round Podcast, uh, which you can find uh, you know, anywhere podcasts are, can be found. I have Living the Stream as well. We're going to start recording that again starting next week. Um, and then all my, my work, my article writing and such is over on numberfire.com. Awesome. Blake, you want to tell the folks about Draft Pros real quick and where they can find it? Yeah, for sure. Go over to the fsgn.com, click on the Draft Pros tab, uh, and then go down and you can read up about Steven and me. You can look at Jeff Lambert. We've got Nate Hamilton on there. Uh, you know, if you, you're really getting into the the heart and soul of this drafting season coming up, so you know, you got a dentist appointment, kid's birthday party, whatever. Uh, you can give us your account info. We'll go in. We can secure you. We'll do a draft. Um, we'll go in, and the nice thing what we do is we'll do a pre-draft meeting with you. We'll sit down. We'll find out what you like, what you don't like, uh, kind of make you comfortable with how we're going to approach drafting your team. And then after the draft, we'll like to go back in, assess your team, tell you who you might want to trade, who you might want to target, Look at some waiver wire stuff. If there's some guys that got left out there that you might want to pick up for week one. Uh, and then of course we're going to do weekly advice too. And the, the biggest service I think that we're going to offer is doing a live video chat during your draft. So you're on the board, you've got 30 seconds to make a decision instead of having to message somebody, you know, am I taking Wentz or Kyler? We'll be right there live with you during that draft, talking you through why, we would make each certain pick. Uh, we'll have stats to back it up while we're doing it. And it should be a fun time too. So we'll really get to know each other, get to know our listeners, and uh, hopefully win some leagues. Yeah, most definitely. Uh, I love uh, just like being on a video chat during a live draft, like just sipping back on a beer and having a great time. I think that's the best way to draft if you're like doing it online. Uh, there's no sense in just doing it by yourself. Like, you know, Stephen Glansberg over there, is, you know, eat your pudding or whatever. Uh, come on over to Draft Pros and we're going to draft with you uh, and hopefully get you a championship because that's what we're all about here on the hot take. Uh, remember, you can find us on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes. Check us out on the Full Time Fantasy Pod Network, uh, soon to be on YouTube, of course. Uh, on behalf of Blake Sullivan and J.J. Zachariasen, my name is Steve Adroni. This has been the Hot Take Podcast.